Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, Halima. Hello, Ioni. And hello to the listeners. Welcome to the Polyester Podcast. I'm Ioni, and I'm the founding editor-in-chief of Polyester. And I'm Halima, the community editor of Polyester Zine and the co-host of the Polyester Podcast. This is the Sleepover Club, a feminist pop culture podcast. We pull apart the hashtag discourse in the hope of making some sense of it all. Before we get started, please remember to like, review, subscribe, leave a comment for the podcast because it helps us out so, so much. And we can read them out on the episode if you leave one. So why don't you do it and talk to us? Yes, please. Thank you very much. We're so lonely. And we are like, oh. Oh, you see what I did there, baby? (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about today? We're talking about the aesthetics of loneliness. Okay, explain. So I was thinking about this topic because I saw a YouTube video by this like um, video essay commentaryist called Alice. We'll link her video and the buy for anyone to watch and she made a video about loneliness on social media and while I was watching it she was, t- was talking about like the way loneliness is depicted online or the way that we engage with I don't know the content of loneliness and I was thinking about it because when she's making talking about her video I was thinking about all these different things that I'm like oh but then what about this but what about this what about this and I told Ayani and now we're talking about it today because I think it connects to a lot of the things that we've been speaking about on the podcast before. So what was the thesis of this person's video? So I guess the thesis of the video was the fact that like they're t- specifically talking about um, vlogging and the kind of living alone vlogs by like people like Emma Chamberlain, there's another popular YouTuber called Moya who does a lot of vlogs like by herself in her new apartment like in London or whatever and a lot of it was charged by the pandemic because obviously we have to be alone but like since the pandemic not not come it hasn't come to an end obviously but like since things have opened and stuff like that there's less excuses for us to be alone Mm. but these individuals these living alone vlogs have continued to persist and I guess the video was kind of just um chronicling the ways loneliness manifests online so like through vlogs through um the lo-fi community you know the you know the the, the lo-fi music yeah. things on YouTube the comment section because she went through the comment section how people kind of talk about the loneliness of their day in those kind of comment sections but I guess the video the kind of conclusion of the video was like these communities that kind of have a shared loneliness or, or they, they find comfort in the shared feeling of loneliness is just another way for them to kind of create parasocial relationships and communities so like there's there's some sort of solidarity in these kind of uh, shared communities of loneliness. Mm. So that was kind of the conclusion of the uh, video. But it was really interesting because when we think of things like Tumblr and the way we used to use Tumblr and like 
the kind of the aestheticization of, of pain, Delana Del Rey and stuff like that. But yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking about. So for anyone that hasn't seen one of these Living Alone vlogs, please explain. So for me, I haven't seen one of the YouTube ones, but this like Korean lady always comes up on my For You page on TikTok and I didn't know what it was. Like this is the only thing I've seen of that. Well, of this very specific genre where it's like, a Korean 20-something woman comes home, like how she spends her evening. So it's like all the gadgets she uses. And oh, then, I love like, those her, videos. Like, eating and then like going to bed or whatever. I love those videos because I think they have really um, cool and funky gadgets in their videos. Well, everyone said they're just like a big spunk on um, Mirage, Absolutely. but I don't believe it. <laughs> you think that's actually how she lives her life? Well, yeah, because I was like, this is very niche. Like... <laughs> Surely you don't just grow a massive audience. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I'm not making sense. But anyway, <laughs> what does one of these vlogs look like? So I'm talking about Emma Chamberlain's ones because I um, haven't watched one in a while. She hasn't posted in a, in a while, to be fair. Um, but Emma Chamberlain's ones were weird because they're... When I watch Emma Chamberlain's vlogs, because she's always doing them alone, and maybe sometimes her mum or her dad pop into the videos, but she's always doing them by herself. There's like a weird feeling I, I get when I watch her vlogs. It's like... There's a particular feeling of like emptiness mm. when I watch it, which sounds really deep, but there's a, <laughs> there's a particular feeling of emptiness when I watch it because she is by herself a lot of the time. She is just talking to her camera and most of the time it's, it's a stream of consciousness. Like it's just her mm. just saying her thoughts and, and it can be ridiculous and it can be a bit silly, but she's just saying her thoughts. There's a specific way that she edits her video. So like she'll she'll be talking and then she'll stop talking and she kind of just look away and she kind of look a bit sad. But I think that's just her face. But the sound of her speech is still carrying on. I don't know. Mm. It's, I think it's definitely because like she lives, in such, she lives in such a big house by herself and she's kind of just doing all these things by herself. And there's this weird feeling of the fact that like you're watching her do this video, you're watching her talk, but you know that she's not really talking to anybody. Like, mm. I guess in, I mean, there's a feeling of, of conversing because we're watching the video in like a voyeuristic sense. But you know she's in this big house by herself, just talking to a camera, like, and that's it. So there's a weird feeling of, like, um, I don't know, isolation. But I guess when I watch her videos, I'm also by myself. I'm watching her videos. Like, this, sometimes I watch her videos when I make myself food, but I'm by myself. Like, my mm-hmm. brother's at school, nobody's at home. I'm watching her videos by myself, and it's like, somebody's kind of, like, in the kitchen with me. Like, somebody's, not, not even in the kitchen with me, but, like, somebody's also alone, and I'm also alone, and there's a shared thing that we're going through together i don't know mm-hmm. i think i think i think like that's why people like those videos so much because like especially during the pandemic we were by ourselves but even now i guess like the human condition in many ways is there is a a sense of always feeling a bit lonely okay i have two points Go on. or points of discussion the first one is like what do you think it is about the internet that facilitates this because like Definitely, yeah, like you were mentioning Tumblr. That was such a big teen, girl and queer community that it was like very much like the outcasts banding together or whatever. And then that feels like I saw like an article or a talking point or something earlier that was like why TikTok is the closest platform to Tumblr like since Tumblr dropped off. No one come for me for saying Tumblr's dropped off. I know some people still use it. I also saw this really funny thing, side note, that apparently people are going back to Tumblr in droves, but no one's using it properly because like a reblogging function has not been central to any of our social media since. So people are just posting their own shit 
and then getting confused as to why there's not like interaction and stuff. Interesting. Which kind of feeds into loneliness because Tumblr was like a communal thing, but now even our social media is lonely in that we like post for ourselves and there's not really a shared sense of community on it. What was your point when you said this, by the way? I forgot. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my point was why, like, loneliness, there's definitely like a romanticization of it. And I feel like it feeds into main character syndrome in a way like you know like all the videos of like a train you're on a train and then it's like the videos of the scenery and you're like "Mm, having my main character or whatever like I feel like this type of loneliness has always been romanticized through a feminine gaze in particular like um whether it's like Sofia Coppola films like all of these type of things basically have loneliness at the core but why is the internet such a facilitator for these feelings Mm, that's a good point I, I when I was looking this up there was a quote that came up a lot for some reason and it was a, it was a book by Janet Finch who wrote White Orlander which is a coming of age story which has been made into a film with like um, Michelle Pfeiffer this mm-hmm. is like early 2000s stuff and the quote goes loneliness is the human condition cultivate it the way it tunnels into you allows your soul room to grow never expect to outgrow loneliness the best thing you can do is to understand yourself know what it is you want and not let the cattle stand in your way so it's all about like how loneliness kind of makes you like an intelligent and sensitive person I, I, yeah I, I don't know it was such an interesting quote because it, it, I think it's bullshit I think it's bullshit too I think it's such an individualistic <laughs> kind of exactly main character type of way of like looking at it like it doesn't sound like I mean it, it's just it's just a comic I guess it's like some a lot of teenagers feel that way don't they they feel like um like the uh, teenagers feel like they I mean I think they do but teenagers feel like they suffer a lot mm. and loneliness is one of the things that they battle with a lot so I guess like this is a common I know I've definitely I've had the same a similar thought process when I was a teenager um but I feel like the internet I don't know I think the internet um cultivates like a space for this because like I don't know I guess if all teenagers are feeling this way I don't know I guess we're all just thinking the same way and in the internet is a perfect place to kind of outsource that or like to to, to say it I feel like it's not a teen thing anymore though I feel like it's like an adult thing as well oh you're right you're right you're right you're definitely right I think that too I think that um I don't know I guess like when it comes to adulthood like friendships become tougher as an adult so I guess Mm. like loneliness is uh really apparent because especially since like people get into relationships and they're kind of more in like a nuclear-esque unit Mm. loneliness becomes much more apparent when you're older as well but I guess the feelings feel more when you're a teenager I I don't know I think I don't know I think the thing with teenagehood is like it's the first time you think those things Mm. so it feels like a lot more confusing maybe but I feel like with that quote it's giving it's giving like not like other girls, like, you have to be mysterious to be sexy and interesting Absolutely. as a woman. I'm sure that's what the movie was. Like, I I'm, I don't know if that quote is actually centred around, like, feminine people, but... Yeah, the movie is about um, a child called Astrid who's separated from her mother and is placed into foster care. These are the themes of motherhood. Because it's so funny, because I also feel like when we romanticise... I understand... Um, romanticising bad things, in a way. Like, I understand the um, temptation to is probably more accurate but I feel like we don't actually have a viable set of codes to talk about loneliness like for example I wrote 
ages ago, like a year ago, I don't know, for Vice about like being someone that was shielding during the pandemic or didn't really go out. And like, it wasn't really meant to be a boohoo, I'm so lonely thing. And then all of the comments were like, so sorry for me. And I feel like we pity people that are lonely and don't often admit to it. Or if we do it is through this weird, like romanticized lens. Mm. I think that one of the other things when I was in the reading for this topic was people defined um, the importance of loneliness and how we feel lonely for survival. Mm. Um, and how, like, um, it mentioned that, like, it's, like, in us. It runs deep into our genes to identify when our connections with other humans, like, um, give us mutual aid or are a threat mm. in, in some way. So, like, these those are threats to our survival and reproductive success reproductive success are people that we try and distance ourselves from so Mm. this is somebody called john capipo from the university of uh, chicago um uh, mentioned that that you know that loneliness we use it as a as an act like we like we look at loneliness or loneliness is used to preserve people or like we use it as an act of self-preservation right which is interesting I understand that from like a sociological point of view but I feel like if we're talking about it through like the lens of the internet or our current culture it kind of feels like you know like I'd rather be alone than surrounded mm. by a room of fakes <laughs> <laughs> I completely understand I was thinking, you know what I, was thinking I, mean? I was like what are we missing out on when we prioritize like our quote-unquote own self-preservation and succumb to loneliness like mm. I guess it reminds me of those memes you know there's that meme that was really popular like a few maybe like a year ago which was like um a link to like Fleabag um like the the desire to be seen or whatever um it was like uh I can't remember the exact meme but it was like or was um, it like the desire to be seen but the fear of being known but yeah basically that like how you crave love but you don't want to be seen by other people or whatever I think that's again the main character goes back to like our obsession with centering ourselves in everything because also like if you want to be seen but you won't acknowledge other people's perception of you then that's like a very self-centered mindset. Mm. Do you ever think that people I don't want to say like loneliness is a a massive thing I think a lot of people suffer from it and and it's horrible to, to feel alone but do you ever think and this might be a controversial point that sometimes it's easier to like dwell in your own loneliness than actually go out and hang out with people or like seek people because I was thinking about this because I, I know that I was hanging out with my friend on the uh, last week and like she kind of like mentioned the fact that she like she's she's like she, she I don't want to say her name but she's like I'm blank no mates because mm-hmm. I don't really have a lot of mates and I'm at uni blah blah and I was thinking but babe I think I mean, obviously, I don't know her. I know her, but, like, you know, if she's saying she doesn't have mates, she doesn't have mates. But I always think that, like, I'm your mate. And, like, you have lots of mates from our old school. And, like, you actually, when you were talking, you mm. sound like you have lots of mates at your at your uni. Um, and I was thinking this, too, because I always had to say that, oh, I don't have any friends here, blah, blah, blah. Well, I think I, I do, but I, I would prefer to just stay at home. Does that make sense? Like, I think that sometimes, and I think, I think this is in relation to the fact that, like, when we get romantic partners, we will do anything we can to see them, but we don't necessarily have that same grasp or desire um, when it comes to our friendships. Like, the prioritization isn't the same. Yeah, I think that is something that I have thought about. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style lot especially through my 20s because I have been in like a stable relationship for my whole life like basically whole adult life and um in that so I have always really prioritized my friendships and I think me and my family are quite similar in that way like not necessarily the being in a relationship thing but like really like going hard for friends or like people we care about in a platonic way and then being disappointed and ending up lonely and I think it's like hard because in romantic situations you kind of accept vulnerability but I don't think in friendships you do accept being vulnerable as often like you kind of just take it as a given that like you want to have like happy-go-lucky friendships most of the time if that makes sense that's so true so like being vulnerable to putting a lot of effort into friendships I think has led me to a lot of disappointment in my 20s because I do prioritize them in the way that I prioritize romantic relationships in exactly the same way and other people don't have the same priorities as you that's true I I think that's bad you know I was thinking this because I was like but I want to I want to be in a place where I prioritize my friendships over a romantic relationship but I also don't know if my friends not over but like to the to the to the same level of actual investment because your friendships are a relationship like you're meant to like nurture a relationship but you know not everybody has that same way of thinking because we are so kind of consumed by this kind of nuclear-esque relationship but do you do you regret having that kind of way of thinking when it comes to friendships because obviously you said that it has hurt you but would you do you regret having that way of thinking or do you would do you still like think that that is like the right way to see friendships I think it's the right way to see friendships I think you have to like meet people where they are a lot of the time which is what I think I learned like the thing is like just because you put everything into your friendships does not mean that someone else will which I think took me a long time to learn and in that like I would get really upset or something if someone let me down and I still get let down by people obviously and I think I do still expect quite a lot from people but also I think when you get into like your late 20s or whatever generally it becomes a lot easier to kind of like mark 
where you can go to for different types of support and not just think that all friends have to be all things to you Mm -hmm. but I think it's definitely interesting like through the pandemic I feel my relationship to like being lonely has changed in what you were saying in that like before I would kind of want to be out all the time like not like evening out but like I'd want to go for a coffee in the day and like maybe see a friend and like at least talk to one friend once a day and then like maybe do something in the evening or just like be quite a busy person like I'd feel like maybe it was a failing if I wasn't like even if and I would get deeply lonely whereas now I definitely do not feel that tendency (laughs) (laughs) yeah I guess it's definitely harder for us to um go out now it's definitely I feel like I'm building it back up now yeah I've only started building it back up the actual um tolerance to um to be outside again it definitely is a tolerance like I feel like even the energy it takes to be a good friend post lockdowns and like things opening up I mean some people are obviously more natural at this than others and also some people did socialize throughout the pandemic in various ways so you know it's different for different people Mm. but I feel like it is kind of this weird recalibration of relationships with people so I can kind of understand why people would go to the internet to seek out this comfort from parasocial relationships instead of like going to like their actual friends right or like Mm. seeking actual experience not that internet experiences aren't actual experiences but I feel like it's easier also something we haven't really touched upon but I think feeds into it a lot is the parasocial like you mentioned the parasocial relationship but as in like and the comment section you're saying about like lo-fi music I think something that made Tumblr so potent was that like you could just chat shit to strangers about your deepest darkest thoughts and you wouldn't necessarily do that with your friends absolutely because of that vulnerability thing and I feel like the internet kind of like even though obviously it's becoming harder and harder to be anonymous or like without a personal brand or whatever I do still think we have a bit of a like our guard down in a way where we feel like it's a diary I have a funny story right As you know, because I feel like I mentioned it when I were together, I used to be really big on K-pop Twitter, okay? I was famous. She's famous! <laughs> famous! I used to be big on K-pop Twitter, and, like, a lot of the girls, friends I still have now, like, online, are people who I who I knew from K-pop Twitter. And I had a had a period of time when I was in secondary school where I um, was always on Twitter. Like, I was always chatting with people. I was always like, I love my maid, blah, blah, blah. I was really into, like, GOT7 and, like, BTS or whatever back then. And I was in, like um like group chats and stuff like different people from like different places or whatever but we all got really 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 close like all the time and my actual friends who I knew from school would always be like why are you always on your phone blah blah I'm like I'm just on Twitter like I'm just like chatting to people and my friends from home like my friends who were in my real life would get really jealous like they used to get so jealous by the fact that I was always talking to these people, that I had all these like internet friends who I would always like chat to, so I was on my phone giggling away, and like I don't know, I was always really comfortable with telling these people things. But my friends were really very much like, go and talk to like Rand, go and talk to Eva if you love them so much, blah blah. blah. And there's one time where, and I realized because I had to go in private that because my friends had found my Twitter, and they'd like. I would be speaking to them when they bring up like little sly things that I had tweeted, and I was like, how do y'all know that? because they were stalking me on Twitter oh my god no my deepest darkest secrets because I wasn't telling them not that I was just like publicly posting them online but I was like posting my thoughts yeah yeah to people that I you know on the internet who I trusted more than I trust than them because I didn't trust them that much um 
But yeah, I was really comfortable just doing that. Not that this is that funny of a story, but I just always just thought it was funny when I think back to the fact that they were so jealous of these people that they didn't know. But why? Because they're more, you were more open with them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I, I need to go into the psychology of it, but I just felt so much more comfortable. Also, I think it's easier to do it online because it's not like you have to like, I don't know. I, there's not like I have to see these people in person. Like they're just on my screen. It's easy to just chat through a phone. Mm. But it is to, even though that seems like, that, that seems to make no sense because like when you're with somebody, it should be easier to just chat to somebody that you're with. For some reason that felt more, um, burdensome or like right. pressure filled or like more effort I don't know here's my hot take as well it's completely a separate thing so don't worry I'm not going to roast you for being on um k-pop twitter or the fact you tried to make this all about Emma Chamberlain again and I'm gonna bring it back to <laughs> I love now. Emma Chamberlain so much we have a parasocial relationship so I was thinking like when I was um reading about those vlogs and like all the research for this and even that like Korean woman that's on my few page and other people like her because I'm sure she's not the only one um about how basically like do you think we romanticize loneliness because it's actually like a privilege now to be lonely like your kind of notes at the end being like obviously you live with your family and like you thought you had to live on your own and then I saw like some tweets where I've just seen it as kind of like a feminist conversation recently that being single is like practically impossible like especially during lockdowns and stuff like single people were really ostracized for living alone but then also like they're the people that have the most money too do you know what I mean so for example like friends that would move in with boyfriends maybe a bit prematurely or like are still in these flat shares like most people I know if not all people I know still live in housing like shared housing with other people because like literally who can afford to be lonely now Mm -hmm. very true I mean I think that like I always had this thing when I was um younger that I had to have a period of time where I lived alone like yeah you're at uni and you live with people and live with your family but like after that when you get a job like I, I guess I'm meant to live alone now like even if I have a significant other like I have to now like I guess like living alone felt like a a thing that made you an adult mm. but but obviously like especially with the cost of living it doesn't seem like um <laughs> that means anything now anyway like but, like that aspiration I mean I think maybe it's even make people question like is that an aspiration something that I should aspire to like what's the benefits of living alone now I can't even afford it but like mm. what made that you idea of li- oh yeah exactly what made you want to do it in the first place and Hayley Norman again my angel my bae who does the daily <laughs> podcast and newsletter she wrote that humans are social creatures who um cooperative and in- interdependent almost by biological definition so if it's not actually natural for our species to be self-sufficient why is it considered aspirational which is such a good fucking question it's so weird like I've never wanted to live alone like never I think it was like a like a stupid little like I'm a feminist so like mm. even if I have a boyfriend or a significant other like I need to show that I'm an independent woman that I am self-assured and like you know self-reliant and I can do this shit by myself but in actuality why do I want to do that by myself I I don't want to do that by myself like I don't want to there's so much shit that I can't do so why would I do you know what I mean like yeah we are we're just we I think we are designed to to live cooperatively or like yeah. just together and there's so much benefit to that 
and and to strengthening those types of relationships where you live with other people and stuff like that. So you know, I, I yeah, I'm, I've I've been rethinking it now. Like it, it doesn't seem like when I really think about it, I just thought it was like my feminist duty to do it, but I didn't know if it was actually. Which sounds it just sounds stupid, but now I'm thinking if it's actually something that I personally want to do, and I don't think it is something I personally want to do. But it's so weird as well because you see like those people or like influencers or whatever that live alone, and then yeah, you have like the aloneness of them at home but then the way that I would consume them more would be through social media like Instagram where it's like they're always at a dinner or a party or like blah 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 and I feel like I don't know I feel like for me living alone is so tied up in wealth definitely like all the people I know that live alone are like rich girls who like parents bought them a flat or whatever and they're out to dinner every night because they live alone like Mm -hmm. I don't really see the like obviously I see the benefit in having shit loads of money oh my god someone give me some but in that like living alone I just don't get it I just don't understand because then you spend all your money on going out because you don't want to be alone Mm -hmm. yeah it, it, it does seem a bit um useless in a in a sense like I, I know there's some people who like their personalities make them um kind of want to be by themselves but also like people are not a burden I think we we do see other people as kind of a burden and it is just easier for us to be by ourselves but like I think that I think this is where politics kind of like um combines with kind of our own personal thinking and the way that we act like people aren't a burden and community is so so important Mm -hmm. and to live with people I think is also kind of important as well Mm -hmm. um especially when we think about the way we want to age the way we want to retire there's a massive crisis in this country with the way elderly people are treated and the fact that they they live by themselves and they don't yeah. have the, the community support that they desire or even the fact that like with parents who live in this like two people like nuclear family structure when when babies need more than one person to take care of them it's just like rethinking how we want to live I think and yeah yeah I think that's where politics kind of um kind of comes into the it comes into play in this conversation I think it does all go back to like individualism like you said because even away from a feminist quote-unquote standpoint it's like I think also as a working class person, there's the whole kind of narrative was like, oh, you get out or whatever, you go to uni and then you live independently from your family and you have a career kind of thing. And like maybe you have your own family or maybe you don't. And that's not particularly something that I vibe with. But it's like this thing of like you need to be sufficient beyond your community or your family or like whatever to be yeah, an adult or a success which is false. I'm going to just put my cards on the table. I hate being alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not the best. I used to think that I I, I thrived on being by myself because I guess like when I was younger, it just felt easier. I, I think that there's nuance to that because I lived in a particularly a predominantly white area and it was just easier for me to be by myself mm-hmm. than around people that like didn't really respect me very much. But like I suffered a lot through that. So I'm like, you know, having people around you is important and um yeah I don't know living in is just not the vibe also I think we kind of like obviously this is not the same for everyone but for example like you saying where you grew up and like your school or whatever like I also hated like had a bad time at school and I think maybe that's why teenager feelings are so different because you feel like you're forced in with these people like you have no choice and I know not everyone has choice over like who they go to work with or whatever but by the most part, you do have kind of some say in who you spend your time with when you're an adult. Absolutely. So it definitely feels uh, easier in that sense to um, hang out with people that you like, you generally like. But also, like, 
I, I, then again, it's our responsibility then to make sure that we nurture those relationships. And we look after each other. And we look after each other, exactly. Um, yeah. There we go. That is the episode. Yeah. Thank you, Nima. <laughs> thank you, Ioni. <laughs> and thank you to all the listeners. Let us know what you think about loneliness everywhere. Everywhere you can tell us, tell us. And we'll be back next week. Thank you to Olivia for editing this episode, Gina and Gina, Charlotte and Eden, Grace, Hattie and Carissa. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.